And I remember thinking whenever something happens and we disagree and you react poorly, you can explain it. It's your past. And for me, whenever I messed up, it was just because I was a jerk because I didn't have a past. And then I'm like, why is it always your past? This is Behind Our Smiles. Pursuing connection. And finding joy. Even in the struggle. Hi, we're Joe and Tara. Welcome back. We are so grateful to be spending some time with you. Before we get started, I wanted to take just a quick moment to say a huge thanks to our sponsor, Samaritan Ministries. If you're unfamiliar with Samaritan Ministries, they're a biblical solution to healthcare, and they offer financial support when a medical need arises. It's through their direct member-to-member sharing approach, and there are no network restrictions, and you can join today. In fact, you can find out more at samaritanministries.org slash miles. So a few days ago, I grabbed a book off my shelf, and as I opened the pages, a piece of paper came fluttering mm. out to the ground. And I'm like, what is this? And I look at it and I'm like, oh my, it was a love letter <laughs> right. from Joey dated 1993. And um, it was typewritten, which was a big deal because you had a very fancy, expensive, whatever word processing typewriter. Yeah. It was back before computers were right. a thing. So it was a typewriter, but it had a screen on it. Mm-hmm. So you could easily fix your mistakes. And Yeah, I had that, and so I typed this letter to you. And how I knew that Tara had found it was because I got a text (laughs) photo from Tara, and I was like, oh, no, what is that? I said, thank you for the love letter 30 years later. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was the first text, right? Thank you for the love letter. And I'm like, I don't remember sending her a love letter. Who else is sending her love letters? Turns out it's uh, this letter she found in a book. Now, we, um, in full disclosure, we've kept all of our letters over the Buckets years in fact we, binders full. we have we have them kind of organized mm-hmm. chronologically mm-hmm. uh by year uh but this one for some reason just got out of place yeah made its way and into it's nice because you look book. at those letters and you read them you're like transported back into time <laughs> now the cool thing is joe a lot of this is still you like you still kind of say the same things and you're still you know adding all those sweet nothings in here and how these how much you love me mm-hmm. but then there's always like these zingers that we read that go wow remember how hard things were back then. You know, it was just like this shocking feeling like, yeah, it was really tough. And you had written this letter in a time in our courtship where things had gotten really tough. Like your future was very much in the balance. Mm. We didn't know what was going on. We were serious with each other, but marriage was still a long way off. And it was just this tart. You can can see us trying to encourage each other in these letters. And you're trying to psych yourself up to keep going because it was so difficult. Well, at the time I was working retail and there's nothing wrong with retail, but I didn't, there was nowhere for me to go. So I was pretty maxed out in my job trying to figure out what in the world God was wanting me to do, but also wrestling through a lot of the healing Mm -hmm. things that uh, needed to happen in my life. And I think, you know, the the relationship with me, in fact, was what brought some of that to the surface, right? By being in relationship with me is when we realized that there was stuff going on and I'm reading this one line towards the end, and this is Joe. Wait, wait, you're, you're not going <laughs> to read that? It's pretty sweet. He says, I, I'll talk to you a lot more. I'll open up to you more. I guess, I guess you'd been in a quiet stage. But you said, it's not that I can't trust you. There's no one else I can trust more. It's just I've never been this close to anyone before, and sometimes I get scared that I'm going to lose you. Well, you always spelled it L-O-O-S-E, Lucio. <laughs> you have, okay. So wait, <laughs> we're, we're, on, we're in a podcast. People can't see that I misspelled the word. I'm just laughing because all of his love letters, he spells lose as Lucio. <laughs> but okay, back to back to our letter. I get scared <sighs> that I'm going to lose you 
and that makes me back off. Mm. So again, I'm reading this as a 17 year old and going, okay, yeah, he's, he's got issues with or fears, right? Of losing me. Well, you have to, you have to know is number one, this was written in August of 93. So we'd been dating a year and two months Mm -hmm. at that time. And I knew that Tara was the one, she's the one I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I just didn't know how to connect the dots to get there, to be uh, the type of husband her father would want her to be married to, to be able to provide for her and those kinds of things. But also from an emotional state, I grew up in, in about what, 15 different foster homes, experienced a lot of uh, abuse as a child. And so uh, abandonment was really a part mm-hmm. of my story. Right. And so here's someone that I um, really, you know, wanted to be close to, wanted to be close but to. But you also yeah. knew that, hey, when I get close to somebody or I get attached to somebody, they always leave. They always right? leave. And so this is what I wrote. I, I yeah. know you are not like everyone else in my past. But sometimes the feelings of losing you are the same. I'm learning and I keep telling myself this is different. Mm. But I couldn't get my brain to communicate with my heart. So my brain's saying protect, protect, protect. Mm. But my heart is saying, no, this is different. This is different. What complicated things is you were so young. Mm -hmm. You were 17 at the time. I was a little bit older. But I had well-meaning friends saying, what are you doing Mm -hmm getting close to a 17 right. year old. Like I That's, could be really fickle right. and just go, oh, change my mind. And uh, <laughs> but for me, I would never, I had never been treated that well in my life. I had never had a demonstration of love like that. And so it was intoxicating. It was something I really wanted. And you were come from such a healthy background that you didn't allow the relationship to go codependent or, mm-hmm. or all the things that it could have at that time. And that of course was very enticing to me as well, that we could be on the healthy well, side. And we definitely were not all the way healthy as we look back, we're like, okay, <laughs> right, but, right. but I think when we read this, we see we were just beginning that process of connecting the dots mm-hmm. and going, okay, Joe, you're pulling away from me. You don't want to get close. There's this war in you saying, I can trust her. I can't, I can trust her. I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, right. you recognize that a battle in your head and you write it in a letter. <laughs> I want to trust you, but it's hard. Well, and I think at right? the time that I wrote this, I, I remember the, where I was when I wrote it. I remember a lot about that letter. It took me a little while to, to remember that as we walked down memory lane together. But I, I was at a place where I was, I was closing up. I wasn't as open with you. And you were asking the question, what's going on with you? I, I wanted, you wanted to be close and you grew up in a very healthy environment where it was normal for family members to be close to each other and for people Mm -hmm. who care about each other to share with one another. And I found that I was falling off this cliff, right? To where you could really do a lot of damage and a lot of damage had been done in my past. And so I couldn't separate the two. It it might've been twofold as well. I think one is you weren't sure about trusting, but also I think you said, I know that the pain I'm dealing with and what I'm struggling with is really heavy. And I don't want to just dump it on to Tara because it's a lot for her to handle. So, I mean, so looking at this letter, Joe, I felt like it was this thing going, okay, we were on the path of understanding and looking at our story overall and sharing some of that with everyone is that we knew that your past and the trauma you experienced affected you mm-hmm. in so many ways, in ways we didn't even understand. And even in ways we don't understand right now, right. right? The more we understand about trauma and saying, okay, these reactions and these things you struggle with have a definite connection to so again, losing people as a child and then 
growing up and saying, I'm going to lose you, I'm going to lose you, or you're going to leave me, right? A big abandonment right. thing. And so I think that was fantastic. And even when we got into marriage, we had those conflicts, those things come up and something would happen. At the end, Joe's like, I am so sorry. It's my past. Right. I know this. I know my past is well, sneaking up on me. Right. It, 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 there was an overreaction or there was a, I closed up or I, I didn't let you in or I pushed you away or whatever the, the scenario was. I would come back and say, yeah, I'm sorry. I was triggered. Mm -hmm. This is what impacted me in this way. This is what caused that. And honestly, the very fact that we could even articulate that mm -hmm. was pretty amazing right. at that time because I'm not even sure. I think most of the conversations were like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> right. You know, I don't even know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know why that would have triggered that, but it did. But it led to more complicated problems in our marriage and a growing frustration on your part mm -hmm. because it was always I your past. Kept coming back to my past. It's always it's my past. And you know, I had we had learned I had learned about your past early on. So we talked about it. We were very open. And Joe, you were so good to share with me those hard parts. And so I had grown a level of compassion to say, oh, yeah, like it's his past. I've got to understand this. Mm. And that's fantastic, right? Like definitely was in the right place to go, okay, I can, I got to like go easy on him here because he's struggling with his past. And that's so, totally good. But I think maybe I think around year 10, something kind of like <laughs> flipped in me. And I'm almost like, but why is it always your past? Like, and I remember thinking whenever something happens and we disagree, you can explain it. It's your past. And for me, I'm like, well, it was my fault for being a jerk. And then I'm like, but why aren't you ever a jerk? Like, right. you're just got issues and I'm the one who's well, I remember being a jerk. You asked me the question and, and I think part of that growing frustration for you was you didn't have an excuse, right? I didn't have an excuse. So like, I had were, no trauma. So if, I should if I'm being perfectly. sinful, it's just my past. Right. But if you're being sinful, then right. it's your problem. And I think you asked me the question and it, it really kind of like, it caught me off guard and, and literally rocked my world. You And it probably should have been asked a long time earlier. it came out probably in the wrong moment right. as well. I think I was but, pretty upset. Yeah, you're like, and and I'll, 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 I'll say this much nicer. How about that? I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. I think you, you've always been nice. Nah. But you, you said... Um, it, is it your past or when is it your past and when are you just being a jerk? Right. When, how do I know the difference mm -hmm. between when you're just being selfish right. and, and when, when it's really your past? And right. I had to go back and think about that because I think a lot, I had bought into this, really this lie. I had fallen into this mm -hmm. trap to think that, okay, maybe I can justify some selfishness or I can justify, mm -hmm. um, my being a jerk Mm -hmm. as, yeah, that's just my past. And to be honest with you, I didn't have an answer for you right away because I don't think I knew where one crossed over right. the other. And in honesty, it is hard in our own hearts to separate those things. So it's not like I know the answer right away or we know the answer, but I think it deserves that introspection and to, and to ask humbly before God, like, okay, where in my reaction did I cross over into sin and sinfulness? Because we all have obstacles in our way and things that make life difficult, whether you've mm. had the trauma or not, but we all want it our own way. We want the easy route. Right. We want to make ourselves better and easier and not obey God. And so to understand the biggest problem ultimately is not our past, right? The biggest mm. problem is the sin in our hearts. Now, your past complicates it for sure, Joe. I mean, like it's complicated and it's difficult and it's hard, but I think it was an important turning point in our relationship to say we can't look at our lives only through the lens of what's 
you know, what's happened to us, but also right. how you responded. And Joel, give you a lot of credit too. Even when you had your bad reactions or you were sinful, you never flat out blamed me. You know, mm. you never said this is your fault, but you almost blamed the past. Like yeah. that's what the blame. And well, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration for me was coming from when I couldn't uh, react in a normal way, what I thought was normal. And see, that's the other thing is I think sometimes we buy into this idea that normal has to look like this. And when it doesn't, we get frustrated or we kind of think there's something wrong with us and that no one struggles in the the same way that we do. And my problem was I was using my past to justify mm -hmm. my sin. And when you start to, or at least for me, when I started to do that, then that kind of stalls out the healing process from a mm -hmm. standpoint that I'm no longer growing. I'm just falling back mm -hmm. on this, this idea. And the past was definitely involved. Right, we don't have to discount how it affects you. So I am reactive because of my past, but how I choose to react, right. that's on me. Right. You can respond sinf sinfully when you're sinned against, right? Mm -hmm. And we've all been sinned against in some way, shape or form. And to say we all can respond sinfully. And I think, you know, it's like in James 4, 17, you know, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is a sin. So mm -hmm. Joe, for you, and obviously for me, a hundred percent as well, there are a hundred times a day you know the right thing to do and you mm -hmm. choose not to do it. And that's nothing to do with your past. Like that is in our own hearts, our, our sinful hearts. Right, I think also because maybe you're listening right now and you have a lot of pain in your past and there's a lot there. And, and I think sometimes I literally wasn't sinning on purpose. Mm -hmm. It literally was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. The amount of emotion, the pain, the the heartache, the torment of what it was that I was going through in that moment, whether I was reliving a flashback or something triggered something, it was so overwhelming. And I think about like when our kids were little mm -hmm. and if they were in a place where they were in pain, they didn't necessarily, they mm -hmm. would just kind of try to hit right. or try to get away from that. And didn't understand that they were hurting other people in mm -hmm. the process, right? And I think that's where I was. I was just trying to get to clean air. I was trying to get to a place where I could catch my breath, not realizing that I was causing damage in the process. Now, that said, there were times when I was purposefully sinful, when, mm -hmm. when I was just, I was dealing with all of that for whatever reason, or I was frustrated with you, Tara, or I was do I wanted to be selfish. I just wanted to be alone, or I wanted to be this or that. And so I, I did act out of, uh, of a sinful heart. I, mm -hmm. I knew that I could just make this choice and reconnect mm -hmm. with the relationship or I could push you further away. And I knew what I was doing. And we could say the past could, could play a part in that, but it still was my decision. In that mm -hmm. So again, even though the past was affecting me and possibly how I was feeling in that moment, the response or how I responded to it was still on me. And my response is on me. Hold that thought for just a second, Tara. Right now we're gonna hear from our amazing sponsors of Meriton Ministries. Courtney was 17 weeks pregnant when she and her husband Greg learned that their son Shepard had a heart condition that would require multiple surgeries and were uncertain about his future. But Samaritan Ministries connected them with other Samaritan members who began to pray and share the financial needs of the pregnancy and the medical care Shepard needed. I don't know how Samaritan could have answered any differently and done any better. I don't know. And just to hear the confidence on the other end of the phone mm. of 
this is not something that you need to be concerned about at all. You focus on the health of your family, the health of your baby, and we will walk with you every step of the way. Thankfully, through God's faithfulness and provision, Shepherd is surpassing all of the doctor's expectations. Interested in learning more? Now through January 31st, we're waiving the initial sign-up fee and first month share amount for Samaritan Basic. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash smiles. And I think our best example of this in our marriage has been riding elevators, <laughs> which is not an everyday thing, yeah. but occasionally we have to ride elevators and this can cause a level of conflict or stress in our marriage because of your past. Well, right? uh, to say I'm claustrophobic is mm-hmm. probably an understatement, although it's not like I'm not clinically mm-hmm. um, diagnosed as being claustrophobic, but I, I definitely have a hard time with tight spaces, especially when doors are closed mm-hmm. and I can't get out on my own when I lose control of that. And that comes from uh, some of the abuse that I experienced as a child. Uh, wasn't uncommon to be locked in closets and uh, I was locked in a crawl space. We used to have this um, crawl space in the utility room of one of the homes that I lived in. And there was a lid that would come on and off that and I would be in the crawl space and sometimes the lid would be off, but a lot of times the lid would be on. And occasionally the lid would be pried down like um, the washing machine would Mm -hmm. be rolled on top of or whatever. So I could not get out. And, um, I was young enough to where it was terrifying. And I think even as an adult, it's, yeah. it still wouldn't be fun, but because of that, and, and for the long periods of time, there were a lot of other incidents like that. I just don't like being in any place that I cannot open the you're, door if you're trapped and right? get out. I feel mm-hmm. trapped. Right? right. And elevators are the absolute worst because Number one, the door is closed, but you don't you don't even know what's happening. Right. You you think you're moving, but you don't know if you're moving. And it's actually happened to me a couple of times mm-hmm. in my life where I'm terrified of an elevator. I get on an elevator and it does get stuck mm-hmm. and it just kind of drives home that point. So yes, there are times when Tara doesn't want to walk 16 flights of stairs. <laughs> and I get that. I always grew up thinking elevators were fun. Again, different different stories. <laughs> so yeah, so now we enter the elevator. But like in so early in our marriage, Joe, when we were less healed and all this, I don't I don't think I was as sensitive to you. I'm like, who wants to walk the stairs? Elevators are fun. Let's ride an elevator. And I may be not sensitive enough towards you as well. And you get obviously irritated, perhaps, you know, abrupt and rude with me. And you're having a reaction and you don't know what to do with it. And you sin against me or you mistreat me. Mm. And we end up in some sort of issue. And it took us, again, a lot of time to dissect why did the elevator you know, right. trigger all this. But now we look back and we're like, oh, that makes sense. And again, even if you are struggling with these feelings from the past going, okay, it doesn't give me permission to mistreat my wife in that situation. Well, and I think yeah, you're absolutely right. I think also early on in our marriage, I didn't even know how to articulate right, that the right. elevator was an issue. And I, and I knew that it was a problem, but I felt embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt ashamed by this idea that I couldn't ride. Here I am an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm a married man. I'm a father. I can't ride an elevator. And so it would bother me. And then there were times when, as we we're transitioning this period where I was able to start to share with Tara, hey, the elevator bothers me she would begin to comfort me <laughs> when we're on the elevator. The problem is I the elevator to hug you and kiss right, you full of other people <laughs> and it's fine. And I don't mind Tara hugging and kissing me. The, <laughs> the real problem is I don't, I feel like a two year old, like I'm yes. having to be consoled because, and then people are looking at me like, what's wrong with you? You can't ride an elevator. You're like, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay, darling. You're going to make hey, it. I wasn't like that. No, not at all. But, but anyway, so I think that all played in and then I would sin against you. I would push you away. I'd be uh-huh. like, I don't know. 
or yeah, snappy or whatever. Is like how it went. But bottom line, it doesn't matter why I'm mm-hmm. reactive. I still need to treat you respectfully and not sin against you in my response. And on my end, I had to learn that I'm also responsible because when I became aware that, hey, this elevator situation causes my husband sometimes an immense amount of pain and discomfort. It's something he mm-hmm. does not like. For me to place my pleasure above yours and say, but I like elevators was not loving you. And there are times in our marriage that I basically shoved you into an elevator. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I want. I want to ride mm-hmm. the elevator and let's go. And I was being completely insensitive toward how you were feeling about it. And so we've had to learn to say, I can understand that Joe struggles and then he can work on being respectful and all that. And it's such a, it's a great metaphor because it, it bleeds into so many other areas of our marriage. Um, but it, going back to the elevator a second, I remember thinking, she doesn't care about me. <laughs> Why is she pushing me onto this? Why is she telling me to, to basically, you were saying, grow up, right. get on the elevator, let's we gotta go. gotta go, we're in a hurry. Let's get to the 16th and floor. I'm in the process of processing all of this <laughs> and I'm sweating and I'm, you know, my, oh, it was horrible panic setting in and all of this. But we once we were able to communicate better, to say, Tara, this this really bothers me when we when we're in this place, and I know we have to be in this place. I'm not going to make you walk up 20 flights of stairs or whatever wherever we are, but can you can you at least know that this is very difficult? Mm-hmm. And I would I would appreciate your empathy right. in that moment and respecting. And so I think we've grown a lot because. We recently had to ride an elevator. There was a really nice tower in our town with a sky deck. Well, and Tara liked to use the word date. Hey, I want to go on a date with you and I want you to ride an we, elevator. And, well, we wanted to look <laughs> yes, at the yes. scene. It's like, you know, romantic thing. And I knew that Joe wasn't into elevators, but this particular elevator was glass. And yes. I know Joe has always preferred a glass elevator mm-hmm. so he can at least see mm-hmm. out. So I'm like, this will be f- okay but it wasn't quite and, 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 and it was okay in, in all fairness tara you did ask you didn't say hey we're gonna go do this you said hey i think this would be a lot of fun if you can get past the, the elevator, elevator. Right. i think it would be a lot of fun would you consider doing this right and it was a glass elevator but it was not as comfortable for you as you would have liked so you know in the end we enjoyed the sights although i actually more scared of heights than you are i was mm. like i'm not sure if i like these heights even though i wanted to see the city from up high because it is pretty but then I saw that look on your face that said, I got to get out of here. <laughs> well, here's here's what happened. So, and, and this again, just such a great metaphor in life. And maybe we've, none of us are going to get through this life without uh, experiencing something. We're all fighting a battle. So maybe you relate to certain aspects of this as you listen to the podcast, but this is such a good metaphor. So uh, on the way up, of course, the ele- this particular elevator just moved very slow, <laughs> a lot slower than I was anticipating. And you couldn't, you could, it was a glass elevator, but not entirely right. glass. Half so glass, yeah. you couldn't see how far up you mm-hmm. had to go and, and where you were. And it's moving really slow. And it's kind of and, rickety, sort of, not rickety, yes, but it rickety, didn't feel like the top. When there's a sign on the elevator <laughs> that says, do not move or jump, or you will cause the elevator to malfunction. It wasn't like the skyscraper where you're like, it's, it's still, it was. <laughs> enough and so it's moving and there are times i'm looking out the elevator and it feels like it stopped it's not it's just moving so slow and it's hot in there and so my brain just starts going great we're going to be in here for a week it's not you know and so by the time we got up there it was great to get off the elevator in the fresh air up top and all that but then i realized once we got off the elevator Mm -hmm. there were no (laughs) stairs so the only way down was the elevator and so what ends up happening 
is it actually ruins the experience because, and, and again, this is so metaphorically great for our lives that we can't enjoy, enjoy the journey sometimes because we're fearful mm-hmm. and where I just need to trust God. I just need to be in that place to say, God, I know you got this. Mm-hmm. I trust you. You've got my best interest at heart. But the whole time we were on the sky deck, this absolutely gorgeous view. It was mm-hmm. an amazing day. It was beautiful. What is, where's my thought process? I got to get back I got to get on the ground. I got to get off that elevator. I got to ride the elevator. I can't wait. To, I just need to be done with the elevator. And so I ended up actually pulling you early. Like you're afraid of heights, but you. I was like, I'll, I want to stay a few more minutes. And there were a couple of decks we could have gone on. I'm like, I, let's just spend some more time because we bothered to go. I'm like, while we're here, let's just enjoy it. And, and so I was hoping for a little more time, but then I saw that little look of mm-hmm. crazy hit your eyes. And I'm like, I think he's wants to get out well, of here. I knew I, I knew I was on borrowed time. The panic was starting to set and you in. don't always say it at the time. Mm. Like, hey, I'm about to lose it here. You kind <laughs> right. of, you don't, you don't, I have to just read your eyes and say, <laughs> I think he's uncomfortable and then go with it. Cause you almost are like, are you, I can stay longer if you want me to. And I'm and like, losing I think, it is, is closing up and then being yeah. short with you right. and possibly entering into a, a situation where I snap right. at you right. or we're, I'm just not as gentle and I sin against you. And no. so I didn't want that to happen, especially because it was the beginning of our date, but you were very, very gracious to say, okay, you know, and you took one good look around and we, we got in the elevator and it was very slow coming down, <laughs> which for a lot of people would be great, right? Nice, You're nice not going to crash. But um, it felt so good to get off the elevator. But then what ends up happening is regret sets in. And then I start thinking, oh man, I ruined it for Tara. We could have had a lot of fun on the sky deck. I could have at least kissed you or hugged you or, (laughs) you know, I mean, we were up there alone. It was pretty awesome. But I was too consumed with the fear of what was coming. And it was a good life lesson for me as, as it is all the time when God does those things. And you and I talked it out before mm-hmm. we had dinner and you were totally fine with it. And we're going to do it again someday. We are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said you <laughs> we are. Um, but it, yeah, that it just. But I think we're, mm. I think the good thing is we were handling it better though. Cause I, that you were sensitive to me and taking care of my needs. And I try to be sensitive to you and your needs. It doesn't mean it all works out perfectly, mm. but we can at least communicate about it. And so to say, okay, what was good about that? Not good about that. And and we had to make those decisions along the way that, you know, cause sometimes the stairs aren't an option, right? right. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, we're not going to climb these stairs. So I think it was a good time that God kind of realized, okay, we're there, the healing that the trauma part is never going to completely go away. You know, mm. like there's never a promise that elevators will not bother you, but our healing in Jesus and the forgiveness that we have in him and the forgiveness we offer each other, we always have access to that. And I right. love that, mm. that that part, you know, if you sin against me, Hey, I can forgive you. God forgives you that part we can do, even if the other elevator junk is still around. What I also love is that God is with me mm-hmm. on that elevator and he mm-hmm. does care about it. It may not be the biggest problem in the world. It may not even rank in the top 1 million mm-hmm. biggest problems in the world, but it's a big problem for me. Mm-hmm. And so I know that God is with me. He was on that elevator. He knew it would be fine, but even if it wasn't fine, he still was there with me. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. One of the things that Tara, you and I pray for, for people when we pray is this bird's eye view. And so every once in a while we get a bird's eye view of how much we have grown. And, um, and I think it's okay. This is the last thing I was going to say about that is there was actually a physical reaction in me mm-hmm. on that elevator. I could feel my heart start to race. Mm-hmm. I was actually feeling uh, a little bit, not so good. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there was actually a physical manifestation of the panic that I was feeling. And I think it's important to stay in tune with that, but to be able to communicate honestly. And when we got off at the top floor of that ele- uh, 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 under the sky deck, I let you know, I said, you know what? That was a, I reacted more than I thought I would. Right. That was a lot harder than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And letting you know that helped you to be able to best love me. And I could adjust my expectations experience, right. to say, hey, this is where he's struggling and we make the best of it, you know, and mm-hmm. all that. But learning to offer that compassion for you has been hard for me. Not hard for me, but a growing process for me to say, understand that because I don't have that same fear. Now I have my own crazy fears, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't struggle with an elevator. It's not a struggle, but to put myself in your shoes and try to love you best in that has been a big part of our growth as well. And you've well. done a great job and I really yeah. appreciate that. And we're, we're learning mm-hmm. and it is a growing process and it does take a long time. But the, the big thing that, that we had to ask the question was, is it your past or you're <laughs> just being a jerk? And I think once I began to really answer that, so in, when I'm responding to you in a poor way, you, if I'm sinning in my response, then I need to really look at that and go, my past is not an excuse. And that's giving me so much more compassion when I do feel like it can be both. Like, okay, sometimes it can be just this past and I can offer compassion. And if it's just being a jerk, I can offer forgiveness and we still end up in a good place. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Can you do us a quick favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and subscribe or follow. And we'd love for you to leave a rating or review. Yeah, and a five-star rating actually helps others find the podcast as well. And mostly we'd love to connect with you. You can find us at Behind Our Smiles on Facebook and we're Behind Our Smiles Pod on Instagram. This episode of the Behind Our Smiles podcast was made possible in part by our friends at Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a biblical solution to healthcare. It's affordable. There are no network restrictions. And now through January 31st, they're waiving their initial sign-up fee and first month share amount for Samaritan Basic. To find out more, visit SamaritanMinistries.org smiles.